Matthew chapter 1 this evening. Matthew chapter 1. I haven't necessarily preached a Christmas message all Sunday morning, but I have, uh, we have touched on it uh, for Sunday evenings, and I'm going to continue that theme here uh, this evening in Matthew chapter 1. How many of you are familiar with the genealogy there in Matthew 1? Anybody have it memorized? <laughs> I actually, I started to memorize it myself too, and I... <laughs> but he doesn't come with me. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to read, you do? 18 through 25. They do it in the play. Oh, good. All right, Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 18. And when uh, specifically talking about, uh, well, it all leads up to Christ, but uh, where it starts here in verse number 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Uh, but while he thought on these things, Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. She shall bring forth the Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken uh, by the, uh, of the Lord by the prophet, saying, well, let's see. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd meet with us this evening. Lord, we invite you into this service. Lord, I pray you'd eliminate us of ourselves and, and uh, maybe agendas, Lord. I pray that we uh, take some time and we just would spend it focused upon you, uh, your word, and uh, Lord, we ask that you'd speak to our hearts and uh, have your will and way, Lord. May, uh, may, you, may you grow us in some fashion, some sort, um, and uh, Lord, we acknowledge our need for you in Jesus' name. Amen. The passage that we read here is one of the familiar accounts. Oftentimes, Luke chapter 2 is a passage that's read during Christmas. And um, in our Sunday school class, maybe two weeks ago, yeah, two weeks ago now, we, uh, we did a little uh, Christmas time trivia, uh, game time uh, for them against the guys and the girls. And um, the guys were smoking the girls for a while and then got down to the last time of the, of, the, uh, of the hour, Sunday school hour, and then I let the girls have a, um, 
winner take all on the last question. And they won, so the girls won. Uh, but one of the questions that we were asking was the uh, was from the account of uh, the birth of Christ in Matthew chapter 1. And it's uh, really detailed here. Uh, I think sometimes more detailed than we understand. Uh, and uh, we don't maybe get what we ought to out of it. But the passage we read here is one of the familiar accounts of the birth of our Savior. It's an account of God, uh, his omnipotence. It's an account of God's omnipresence. Uh, in particular as well, and uh, it's a literal account of when God came to this earth. And so this evening, I'm just going to get right into it here. I'm going to uh, want us to see several facts about uh, God coming to uh, the earth from uh, the Word of God. And so we know uh, that God created the earth. Uh, we know that he came to the earth in uh, the form of Jesus. Jesus is God. 100% God, 100% man. Uh, Jesus veiled his glory as he came to this earth, put on the form, the vestige of uh, human flesh. Uh, he was perfect. He never sinned, never did anything wrong. Uh, that's how he can be the Lamb of God uh, that takes away the sins of all the world. That's the only way that he can become uh, the Lamb of God that taketh take away the sins of the world is being God, being holy a holy, spotless sacrifice. But all that to say here, um, we're going to see several interesting facts about God coming uh, to this earth. Number one, I want to say, and I want us to see from the Word of God in verse number 18, that God was in the earth before his physical birth. God was on this earth before he was physically born. Um say that again. That's something that our society needs to needs to recognize uh, in this very hour. Um, and I am hopeful and prayerful that we're on the right track to, to make some ground in this idea here. But God was in the earth before his actual physical birth. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1 verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, uh, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And so the Bible says that Mary was with child. Mary was with a child. Child hadn't been born yet, but Mary was with child. And if uh, there's a woman in here that's ever uh, had a child, and you're expecting even now, uh, you are with a child. You have a child within you. And uh, I agree with the words of Dr. Seuss in one of his books. He says, a person's a person no matter how small. Somebody know that? You know this? The Bible says, Mary was with child. At the beginning of December, there was a monumental case. It, it will be a monumental case in, in the history of our, uh, in the United States. Um, but uh, it started off um, uh, the case that's been brought before the Supreme Court that uh, quite possibly, and Lord willing, it'll overturn Roe versus Wade and the murder of the unborn. Uh, it'll allow individual states to determine uh, abortion rather than it being federally uh, legal uh, for it to happen as it is so for the most part uh, right now. And so... Um, uh, that where they say that it's okay to kill uh, the unborn. One of the, one of the uh, so-called justices 
Uh, Sonia Sotomayor said this. She says the issue, of course, she would be one of the leftist leaning um, uh, justices that there is. And, and uh, this is a quote of hers. The issue when life begins has been hotly debated by philosophers since the beginning of time. So what? Uh, it's still debated in religions. So when you say this is the only right that uh, takes away from the state the ability to protect a life, that's a religious view, isn't it? The Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 33, it says, He, uh, God, uh, comes to judge this earth, cometh to judge the earth. Genesis chapter 8, verse 25 says, Shall not the judge of all the earth do it right or do right? Uh, we need to pray for the unborn in our country. Uh, we need to pray for justice uh, to take place uh, uh, for the unborn of not just our country, but the world for that matter. Uh, the Supreme Court, uh, the Supreme Judge of the Earth has already declared that the embryo of a child uh, in uh, Jeremiah 1 verse 5, in Galatians 1 15, it says that uh, uh, the prophet Jeremiah and the apostle Paul were called for service while they were yet unborn. God was addressing them, uh, addressing them as viable lives. John the Baptist, while he was being carried by his mother Elizabeth, uh, he showed an emotional response when Mary, who was expecting Jesus, uh, when they were when they were together, uh, and uh, uh, he walked into the presence of Elizabeth in Luke chapter one verse forty four. It says this: For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears. The babe leaped in my womb for joy. Even John the Baptist knew that there's a viable life in his uh, auntie, I don't know, cousins, uh, his relatives. Um, let's just call them auntie. In, in Hawaiian, they're all aunties, okay, out of respect. And so uh, ultimately, um, God is the, God's the judge, yes, uh, but uh, Mrs. Sotomayor, uh, she can speak long and hard about this being a matter of debate, but uh, the holy God and the holy judge of the earth has already made the ruling. Uh, the fact of the matter is that uh, I read statistics. What is it? You can detect a heartbeat at up to four or five weeks now. Um, even if you couldn't, according to the word of God, that's still a viable life. At, uh, and, and even, man, I can argue even before even before conception, God says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. That's referring to, of course, Jeremiah, uh, what we read already there. But uh, when God came to this earth, God was in the earth before his birth. God was in the earth before his birth. And I feel we in society today, we're so uh, we've come to the point to where our senses have been dulled. Our senses, we are, we are desensitized to this atrocity of our time that, that, that happened some, what, 1973, 70s, I don't know, in the 70s of some sort. And uh, we become accustomed to, okay, we've been doing it for this long. Why, you know, why change? Well, it's been wrong for this long. And uh, we, we ought to have a fresh uh, awakening of the fact that, uh, that this is horrible. This is, this is, an, this is an awful sin. Uh, that God detests and his people need to pray uh, for an end of it and uh, they need to pray righteously. We need to look to the Lord and we need to ask him for help, for mercy 
and uh, for him to turn the hearts of these uh, justices here uh, for uh, the cause of righteousness. And so God was in the earth before his birth. Number two, second fact I want you to understand here uh, about God coming to earth. God was entrusted to the noble family or to a noble family. Look in uh, verse number 19. We'll read verse 19 through 20. Of course, we know that uh, Jesus was entrusted to Mary and then uh, Joseph as his uh, guardian here on earth. But the Bible says here, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. And while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So uh, what I want us to see here is that Mary and Joseph, they both stem from the lineage of David. They both stem from the lineage of David, and that's, that's an important thing to consider because that fulfills prophecy. That is, prophecy said that happened. It's going to come from the lineage of, of, uh, of, of David. Uh, but uh, specifically in Second uh, Samuel chapter 7, the Bible says this in verse number 16. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. That was talking about David. Um, and then uh, those in Nazareth, they made this statement in Luke chapter 4 verse 22. Uh, they said this is not this Joseph's son talking about Jesus. Um, of course, they didn't, you know, they're not comprehending that uh, Joseph is the guardian. I mean, uh, yeah, Joseph is the guardian. He's not, he's not uh, an earthly father uh, necessarily. And so, but the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1, it traces Christ's line of descent through David's son Solomon. And then Luke traces a line of descent through David's son Nathan. And so why is this important? Why is this important? Uh, let's look up together, uh, Matthew chapter 1, look at verse number 6. Um, look back at our passage here. Joseph's lineage in verse number 6 says, And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. Solomon begat Reboam, and Reboam begat Abia, and Abia begat Asa. And Asab, Asa begat Jehoshaph, uh, Josephat, Josephat begat Joram, Joram begat Ozias, and Ozias begat uh, Joatham, Joatham begat Achaz, and Achaz begat Ezekias, and Ezekias begat Manassas, Manassas begat Ammon, Ammon begat Josias, Josias begat Jeconius and his brethren, about the time they were carried away uh, to Babylon. Now look at, uh, look at Jeremiah, hold your spots in. Matthew, but look at Jeremiah, Jeremiah 22. Jeremiah 22, hold your places in Matthew, if you didn't already move it. And verse 28, we discover that Joseph's line would never have a physical descendant that would ascend to the throne of David. Look at this, though, in verse 28. Here, excuse me. 
uh, is this man, Coniah, a despised, let's see, despised, broken idol? Let's, uh, Thus saith the Lord, write ye this. I was right, but is this man Coniah despised broken idol? Is he a vessel wherein he is no pleasure? Wherefore are they cast out in his seed and are cast into a land which they know not? O earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, write ye this man's childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days, for no man of his seed shall prosper sitting on the throne of David and ruling anymore in Judah. And so Joseph's line wouldn't have the physical descendant that would ascend to the throne of David. And so the seed uh, would need to come from Mary. And it in fact, he in fact did. On the other hand, we see that through Mary, the physical legal right to David's throne was passed uh, to the house of Nathan uh, his ancestry uh, that Luke uh, said was ascribed to Jesus. And so God's unconditional promise to David uh, that his offspring would reign forever, it was still good. Um, it, it hadn't stopped. There was no, God didn't mess up. Uh, God didn't mess up by Mary and Joseph uh, together. And uh, Joseph, you know, the man, we're going to get to this in our next, uh, there, no, in our one of our points here, but it talks about uh, the, the man names the son. Traditionally, the man would name the son. The man would give the name of the son. It's, it's the responsibility of the man to, to, to pass it on, to, to give him his name. And so uh, Joseph wasn't able to do that. Well, he was, and we're going to see that in a minute. But uh, he wasn't physically or legally able to do that because Jesus was not his physical son. And so God brought the son through his mother, uh, the seed through his um, uh, uh, mother Mary. And so we see the son of David, the son of God. Number three, number three, it's God alone who can save his people from their sins. Look in uh, verse 21 of Matthew 1. She shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. I've got several references here, again, supporting the deity of Christ. And, and uh, for sake of time, we're not going to turn to all of these. But if you cared, then uh, I don't mean to put you on the spot and say if you cared, you write it down. But if you want to take notes, you can take notes and write the references down here. Uh, but he says this, It might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is what, Andrew? Is he in here? God with us. Andrew, I just remembered he answered that question last night, or Friday night, I think it was him. But um, anyway, and uh, Emmanuel being interpreted, God with us. Let's look at Matthew one twenty one. Bring forth the son, thou shalt call his name Jesus. Wait, I thought his name was Emmanuel. And uh, they call, shall call his name Jesus, but Emmanuel is God with us. He shall save his people from their sins. It makes a comparison here in uh, Zechariah 9.16. Uh, it says, and the Lord their God shall save them in that dark day as the flock of his people. Throughout the Old Testament, God alone is revealed as the savior of his people. Amen. Isaiah 43 verse 3, for I am the Lord thy God, the 
Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. Uh, Mary gave witness to uh, this herself in Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Wait, who's the Savior? Jesus is the Savior, right? Well, Jesus is God. And we know that, of course. But uh, uh, this is, uh, this is uh, one of the accounts of... Uh, of uh, the acknowledgement of Christ as God, but all of the religions of the world will attempt to show you the way, uh, the way of salvation, but Christianity uh, makes the only claim that our Savior is the way. Jesus is the way. The way of eternal life is through Jesus Christ. John 14, verse 6, our faith is exclusive. Uh, we boldly say there is no other way. There is only one way to God the Father. That's through the Son, Jesus Christ, who is also God, uh, uh, he, he also is God. Um, he isn't one of many paths to God. He is the only path to God. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Again, Peter identified Jesus as God in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Um, he says here, I'm just going to uh, skip down towards the end, uh, faith with us and the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, we recognize Jesus as God in John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse number 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. Paul clearly states that Christ is God. In Titus chapter 2, verse 13, he, said, he calls him the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 3, 16, God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of, uh, the, uh, of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, uh, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. The writer of Hebrews affirms the deity of Christ. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8, um, there's another aspect that pinpoint the technicality that God went to uh, to identify Christ as God. Uh, the angel of the Lord gives Joseph a command. He says this. Now, this is, this is, a, this is neat. Uh, he says this. He, the angel gave Joseph a command. He says, thou shalt call his name Jesus. The angel told, Joseph, told Joseph, the guardian of Jesus, what to call his name. Okay? And uh, so Joseph, being an obedient man, a just man, uh, it's amazing to know, let's see here, uh, Joseph, uh, let's see, Christ was older than Mary and Joseph. The Bible says in uh, Daniel chapter 7, verse 9, he's the ancient of days. He's the ancient of days. Um, let's see here. I, I got off point here. Uh, oh, I'll get back to that Joseph thing here in just a minute. Sorry. Um, back to more deity. In Luke chapter 20, verse 41, it says, uh, and he said unto them, How say ye that Christ is David's son? And David himself uh, said, uh, saith in the book of Psalms, The Lord 
uh, said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand. Okay, here we go. It was the custom of that day that the father would be the one who would declare the name of the child. And so uh, we see in the naming of John the Baptist uh, in Luke chapter 1, verse 62, it says this, And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing table. Why did he ask for a writing table? What happened with, um, yeah, he made uh, John the Baptist, what was his dad's name? Zacharias. He made him dumb. Uh, that's not our vernacular today necessarily. He made, well, kind of is, but made him so he couldn't talk. And so uh, now comes time for Zacharias to name John the Baptist. And so uh, Zacharias uh, was told what he's to name him. So it says they brought him a, uh, where am I here? A writing table and wrote saying his name is John. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake and praised God. First they questioned, and they were like, nobody's named John in our lineage. You, you can't do that, you know, basically is what they're saying. Well, the angel had told them that's what he used to name the boy, name the child. And so Joseph, listen, Joseph not being Christ's father didn't have the authority to name Jesus. Only God the Father had the authority to name Jesus. And uh, God gave him, God told him what to do, and he did it, and gave him the name that he had. And uh, number four, and lastly, God's birth on earth brings authority to us in a new birth. His birth on earth gives authority to us in a new birth. Now, uh, I think I've mentioned this before, and I think you're probably mostly uh, familiar that oftentimes when people got saved in Old Testament, a lot of times uh, a new person, it, well, um, I'm thinking in particular Saul. So when somebody got saved, they got a new name. We sing the song, there's a new name written down in glory. And I don't know that that's necessarily this. I think it's more, okay, your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life now. Uh, but, uh, but oftentimes there was new names given to people uh, showing the old creature has passed away. Behold, all has become new. There's a, there's a new name. And uh, in Matthew 1, in verse 24, it says, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Uh, throughout our text uh, in the, the passage of uh, Matthew there, uh, we see Jesus is spelled in all caps, all capital letters. In the Old Testament, we see that Jehovah God is, is identified in all caps, um, all capital letters. And the letters of our Lord, L-O-R-D, uh, caps. In God's wisdom, this is something that goes a little beyond explanation other than that the Lord wanted us to get the message as to who Jesus was and what jurisdiction uh, would have over his followers. And so we see an, we see an awesome faith uh, in the character of Joseph that I want to point out about underlining certain words in our text here. And uh, if you're in the habit of writing in your Bible, you can, you can maybe pencil whatever, you, however you want to do it. But Matthew 1 in 24, verse 24 in particular says, 
then the word to underline Joseph, the name. Then Joseph being raised from his sleep, and you can underline from here all the way to the sea. Joseph being raised from his sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. You can underline that. And took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And then you can underline, and he called his name Jesus. Uh, now we know that, of course, Christ was a new birth, but it wasn't a, a birth in the sense of being born again. Uh, but we, uh, through his birth, we have the authority or we have the opportunity to have a new birth ourselves. Well, Joseph obeyed and he gave the authority to God by naming the child uh, the name that God had chosen. And in closing here, there's a message here for all of us as well. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1, uh, the Bible says this, For now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and formed thee, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Of course, we know, what was Jacob's name changed to? Israel. Jacob was what? Deceiver. And Israel was uh, the name of God's, God's people now, um, or the, the chosen there. But uh, Genesis 32, verse 28, it says, and he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince, thou hast power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Christ called Simon by a new name in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Who knows what that is? Just blurt it out. Peter. Uh, what does Peter mean? Little pebble, stone. I heard stone. Yeah. Not the rock. Okay. Uh, who is the rock? Jesus. Um, and so... He said uh, of, uh, of uh, Simon Peter, thou art Peter upon this rock, Jesus Christ. Uh, God says he's going to build his church upon him. Christ is referred to as the chief cornerstone. Um, and so anyway, uh, the new name being Peter. Revelation uh, 2 verse 17 and then also verse uh, chapter 3 verse 12. Christ tells us that he has given us a new name. So that each and every one of us who've been birthed into the kingdom of God have given the authority of our lives over to Christ who has uh, the authority to name us. So, what am I saying? There may be a chance you get to heaven, you're not going to be called Ron. I don't know. You're not going to be called Bill. I may not be called Sam. I don't know. Uh, but he says he's given us a new name. Maybe that, just, maybe that means we're Christ now. We are in Christ. What's that? He knows. First Peter 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. When God came to earth as Jesus, his birth guaranteed us the possibility of a new birth. And in Colossians 1.13, it says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I skipped over some verses that talked about a stone, name written in a stone in the palm, um, or names written on that, a white stone there, but um, let's see here. That's not, that's not critical. You get the point. God's birth on earth brings authority to us in a new uh, birth. And so we praise the Lord for that. We celebrate the birth of our Savior. Uh, we celebrate the fact that God came to this earth 
he humbled himself in the form of a baby, grew up with, grew up with sinners, uh, grew up with all the temptations that, uh, that we face, uh, but yet without sin. And uh, because of his, because of the gift of God, uh, because of Jesus Christ, um, he became the gift to us, and we need to receive that gift uh, to, to have assurance of eternal life in heaven. And I pray that that's uh, the testimony of everybody in here, that we trusted Christ as personal Savior. And uh, if not, uh, today's the day of salvation, the Bible says. Today can be that day that you receive uh, the gift of God, Jesus Christ, as uh, the payment uh, for your sin. And so let's go ahead and let's bow, and uh, we're going to finish here uh, in an invitation.